Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Did you enjoy the holiday this week? Happy road. I know Ricky Williams and Percy Harvin did. Uh, I think all of you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you know, like they say in uh, what uh, Robert De Niro's characters in, said in Goodfellas, the, the, the drugs are turning your brain to mush. So uh, stay off the weed. I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want in your free time. Hopefully you had a good week. You're better for it. It's legal in most states now. Anyway... We have a big week in the sports world. Uh, NFL draft coming up right around the corner. We're gonna have our mock draft uh, a little in a little bit. Uh, some drama in Europe in the soccer world. We're gonna talk Super League. What implications it has uh, for the rest of the teams? Kind of what unfolded out there. It's like nukes are flying, basically, <laughs> you're up. But let's start with this. Uh, before we get into our mock draft, these are a couple things. Some of the big storylines surrounding the quarterbacks. Uh, in this draft, and you know what what I think is going to happen in a couple of them. And the first one is just we'll we'll start with my Chicago Bears. Um, Ryan Pace, it's no secret, is on the hot seat. The man is fighting for his job. It is if they don't win this year, they have another letdown or a clunker. He's probably going to be gone. The, the fan, he, I mean, most fans thought he should have been gone this year, and McCaskey graced him with another year. So, knowing you need to win this year, uh, and his job's on the line, do you really think he is going to head into this season putting all of his cards on the table with Andy Dalton as his quarterback? I mean, these guys are not smart. They just paid money for Andy Dalton when they could have had him last year if they really liked him, but instead, they traded picks for Nick Foles. Now they have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, so... You got two basically the same quarterback, and if you really liked Andy Dalton more, you could have had him last year. So that that makes no sense either. So no one's ever accused them of being the smartest guys in the room. But I think he is smart enough to know that, yeah, Andy Dalton is middle-of-the-road starter. I mean, he probably is the best backup quarterback in the league when he was with the the Cowboys. But as a starting quarterback, you know, lower tier. Are you really moving the needle with Andy Dalton? No. He knows this. I don't think they're going to be aggressive. They're down at number 20. You can't get a quarterback there. But if you look at their history, Ryan Pace loves a trade-up. He traded up for Mitch Trubisky when he didn't have to. Overpaid for him. They traded up last year in the second round. They traded up for a fourth-round pick, even when they wanted to get Anthony Miller. He loves trading up. He has traded up almost every year. They're like, no one can predict what this guy's going to do. And according to Albert Beer, they're getting a sense that Chicago's looking to trade up from the 20th pick to secure a quarterback. I think they're going to do this. But, because there's only four big quarterbacks on the board, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Those are the four. Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone. Uh, or Zach Wilson, excuse me, five. There's going to be five. Trevor Lawrence, five big ones. Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone at one. Zach Wilson's going to the Jets at two. By all implications, and we'll get into this later, Mac Jones is going to be gone at three from the 49ers. So that leaves two of them left. I would not be surprised. I think Trey Lance is the second-best quarterback in this draft. I think New England or someone's going to grab him. But I think the Bears trade up, and they're going to be ultra-aggressive. So do not be surprised if you see them drafting uh, Justin Fields in this draft. Uh, I think, like I said, you need a quarterback. You're not going all in with your job on the line with Andy Dalton. And plus... Ryan Pace doesn't have to worry about the future because he knows if I don't get it done this year, I'm not going to be here anyway. So he'll have no problem mortgaging the Bears' future to move up and draft a quarterback, knowing full well, I don't have to deal with the consequences if it doesn't work out. I'm going to be gone. That's going to be some other guy's problem. And you see this a lot with GMs on the hot seat, which is why I'm kind of scared, (laughs) to be completely honest, as a Bears fan. It's not that I don't like... Justin Fields, but he's going to be going to his, I mean, you're only as good as the organization you're drafted to, and if you're a quarterback going to the Bears, I mean, Jim McMahon said it earlier this week, Chicago is where quarterbacks come to die. Like, name a great quarterback in Chicago franchise history. You really can't, because we have none, besides Sid Luckman. So, as much as I do like Justin Fields, and we had the Northwestern coach in the podcast, rave reviews about him. Uh, But... Yeah, I don't. I, th- I think they're gonna go all in, and it's gonna. It might not work out, and then if it doesn't work out, which I don't think it will, uh, then we're gonna have no future because half our draft picks are gonna be traded. But I don't just take my word for it. Like I said, 
Albert Breer said they're going to be targeting people. Uh, he's he's heard that there's other teams in the NFC North that are getting the same sense. Uh, and the Bears have been unusually quiet. So um, no one can say for certain what they'll do, but you know, it's it's interesting. One of the guys I work for for sports mockery, or not, I work with, I should say, uh, Eric Lambert. One of his sources. The Bears have their eyes fixed. On Justin Fields, they get a sense he has superstar potential. They're also linked to Jones due to his intelligence and accuracy. Uh, so those two are the ones they're looking at. They're not going to get Mac Jones. The 49ers moved up for a reason. That's who they're going to draft. So do not be surprised. You heard it here first. The Bears end up with Justin Fields. There's a lot of smoke there. And when you got smoke, there's fire. Now let's talk Justin Field or uh, Mac Jones. He's going to the 49ers at three. I think that's been completely obvious. And, um, you know, and I trashed Mac Jones early on. We had a podcast called Mac Jones Blows Ass. I mean, come on. Uh, it, it was a little harsh. You know, 21-year-old kid, you, you don't have a whole lot of life experience. You tend to make some knee-jerk reactions. James Harden trade, a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. And look what's happening. They're not going to win any title. Everyone's hurt. They're all flaky. Kyrie's MIA half the time. They don't play a lick of defense. They're not winning a championship. It was a bit of an overreaction. And Mac Jones, you know... He did win a national championship, so he's he's not he is not a bad quarterback. I just think out of all the quarterbacks, I think he's the worst one in this class, um, because he had the easiest in college. Like, what did he have to do? It was just sit back in the pocket and launch him to the best receiving arsenal uh, they had. But he does throw a nice football. There's a comp you could make. You could easily make comps to Jared Goff. I think that'd be my comp for him. Uh, it's a guy if you give him a clean pocket. With a lot of weapons, he can succeed. Now, is he going to be able to succeed if the play breaks down? Probably not. He's not super athletic, so I don't know what to think of him. But for some reason, one way or another, the 49ers love him. There's a reason they moved up. It was clearly to draft a quarterback. And by all accounts, it's been leaked. And the 49ers don't leak. When they hired uh, Pat Lynch as their general manager, he made a big thing of, you're getting fired if stuff gets leaked. They do not leak. They have that thing buttoned up. It's a well-run organization. All of a sudden, there's these leaks coming out. Mac Jones, I think they, they think he gives them the best chance to win this year. He wants to win now. And on that roster, Mac Jones could win some games. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good quarterback, though. Um, so, like I said, I'm warming up on him. I, I was a little harsh. But I still think let me be, I still think it would be a mistake for 49ers to draft him. And let me tell you why. Yes, he will win some games with the 49ers. It's a great roster. They're winning games with Nick Mullins. But can he win a big game? When the play breaks down, is he going to be able to hold it, hang in there? I don't know. Not the most athletic. I just, I can see problems. A lot of, Mitch Trubisky won games with the Bears. Doesn't mean he's going to be good enough to get a second contract. I don't think Mac Jones will be either. I think there's guys with a higher ceiling that you could get. I think Trey Lance would be the pick I would make, especially if you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Trey Lance, you know, he has not played a whole lot in college. So you could sit him for a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo and still win. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, his only year he was healthy, they went to the Super Bowl. When he was fully healthy, he's pretty good. Why are we in such a rush to ditch Jimmy Garoppolo? He's a good quarterback. So now if you don't trade Garoppolo, this is the other thing, factor, why I do not think this would work if they get Mac Jones. Because uh, the reports are by anonymous scouts that they like Mac Jones because he gives them, quote, the, the best chance for immediate success out of all these quarterbacks. Because he was in Alabama, and when Tua went to the left... They ran a pro-style offense. You drop back and pass, which a lot of these quarterbacks didn't do. You pick up the terminology right away. You work with Steve Sarkeesian, who is a former NFL coach. So he knows he, he can probably adjust to an NFL playbook pretty quickly, and he's going to have guys he can just d- distribute it to. Solid roster in San Fran. Great head coach. And So then their minds are like, okay, this is who we can win this year with because he wants to win now. He thinks he has the roster. But. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It wouldn't happen, especially if you can't get rid of Garoppolo. Because right now, they haven't been able to trade him. And so if you head into camp with Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac Jones, then you're going to have an unwarranted quarterback competition. And when I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times on here, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Garoppolo will probably be the starter out of camp. Then you're going to have Mac Jones sitting there. They're going to be wanting to put Mac Jones, and they're going to be trying to trade Jimmy G. Who's getting the reps? You're splitting reps in training camp all of a sudden because they're probably going to be fighting for a job. So it's not like Mac Jones, if he was immediately the starter right away. Like, if they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, then maybe, before the season starts. But otherwise, they're going to be splitting reps in camp. So he's not going to be getting all the first-team reps. Jimmy Garoppolo, from New England, 
He's already had it. He's been in Mac Jones's position where he was coming up. He was in New England. He was the next in line for the Patriots job. Tom Brady's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He went to management. Apparently, he was kind of a jerk to him. Didn't really help him out. So now it's Garoppolo's turn. He's got the starting job. He sees this young kid here coming to take it. You think he's going to help him? No. I don't see that as a very warm and loving quarterback room. He saw what Tom Brady did to him. He's going to screw this guy. I'm trying to keep my job. And then say he comes out and wins like five or six games right away, then what are you going to do with Mac Jones? You just wasted that pick on him? So it's going to be an uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. Or it could even be worse. Like, say you start Jimmy Garoppolo right away. His confidence could just get deteriorated like Carson Wentz's did. You immediately lose a couple games. Then you got to throw Mac Jones in. He's got even more pressure. I mean, being a rookie quarterback in the NFL is hard enough. Now you got the pressure of like, hey, we're trying to win now. We're just lost three games in a row. Come fix it. I think that's going to be a disaster. Maybe they'll win some games, but like I am not buying the notion that he gives you the best chance to win out of all these quarterbacks. I just don't. I don't. If I were them and you really wanted to move off of Garoppolo eventually, I'm taking Trey Lance. You let him sit behind him for a year. That makes the most sense to me. But it's been being leaked. They don't leak things, so I think there's some merit to it. He's going to the 49ers at number three because they think he gives them the best chance to win. And I just do not see it happening. Uh, finally, another situation, and we've talked about this a lot, so I won't spend much time on this, but Zach Wilson's going to the Jets at number two. And looking over this, I don't, like, here's what the scouting report is on Zach Wilson. Uh, athletic. Big arm. Decision-making, sporadic at times. Some ugly turnovers. Who does that sound like? Sam Darnold, athletic, big arm, decision-making, questionable at times. Hmm. Basically the same quarterback you're getting there. But out of those two quarterbacks, one, when they were drafted, played in the Pac-12, big conference. The other one, BYU, small school. The ones played in big games. The other one, Zach Wilson, biggest game was against San Jose State, he didn't play that well. They lost. Sam Darnold, his biggest game, Rose Bowl against Penn State. Very good Penn State team, too. That just beat, they won the Big Ten Championship. They beat Ohio State, who's in the college football playoff that year. It was a great game. Sam Darnold rose to the occasion. It's a shootout. He made one of the best throws I've ever seen. There's been two throws that really stand out to me from a quarterback where I was just like, wow. One was Tyrod Taylor. I think it was week two. He dropped one in the bucket like 50 yards down, like up the middle. Uh, That was a great catch. Uh, And then the other one, Zam Darnold, I remember watching this throw, and he threaded it between. It was over the top of the linebacker in between two safeties. He threw it leading right into the break. It was a beautiful throw. The reason Sam Darnold didn't work there, and so like I said, I'm describing basically two of the same quarterbacks, except one coming out of college in a lot bigger games. But like the otherwise, arm strength, athleticism, poor decision-making. It's all the same things. The difference is Sam Darnold's a little bit bigger. He played in bigger games in college. Uh, the reason he didn't work out is the same reason Zach Wilson's not going to work out is because the Jets are dysfunctional. They didn't have a good head coach. They didn't have any weapons for him. Uh, the ownership is not that good. So you just got rid of Sam Darnold. And you're going to get a guy that is uh, not as big as Sam Darnold, has not played in as big games as Sam Darnold did out of college, and uh, basically you're going to be getting the same turnovers that you got with Sam Darnold, which is the big knock on him. So good luck with Zach Wilson. <laughs> I don't care. He's the, that's another guy. I do not think they're going to be giving him a second contract. That's gonna be, he, he's set up for failure. I feel bad for Zach Wilson. I'm sure he's got talent, but he's going to be going to the worst situation out of any of these quarterbacks in New York. It is going to be a disaster. You could have kept Sam Darnold, you could have given him Kyle Pitts, and uh, you guys would be set up for business. Instead, you're going to be floundering. You're going to waste another pick on this quarterback who will be mediocre. I don't see it working out. Good luck to them. That is the last I'll say about it, though. I mean, we've heard enough. I've said the the Jets should have kept Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson, not going to work out there. All right. Guess who's back, everyone? Back again. Marshall Macaluso. Back. Back on <laughs> your parents to listen to Dorm Room Dispute. How's it going, everyone? It has been a minute. He's it's spent, been a very he's long time. Fire. Coming out hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had we were in class the other day, and like usually they make a start with like current events going on in sports world or otherwise. And we have this one kid, he's kind of strange. 
He's one of those annoying guys that like you're about to is leave class. The one guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. who I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll always raise his hand, and it'll be like a very stupid comment where everyone in the rooms is like, kind of cr- like, Ugh, why are you saying the that? secondhand embarrassment? Yeah. yeah. So he raises his hand, and he's like, and they're like, oh, uh, call, like, what, what, uh, what, what's that? It's like, well, there's nukes flying in Europe. And the teacher is like, "Wait, what?" Like he, <laughs> oh for a second, goodness. he thought Putin's done it. He thought he it's had over. It. Yeah. He's like, "Oh crap! I gotta go, go go take a swig of the fifth of my office. It's, it's done." He's like, "Yeah, they're fighting over soccer." And the guy, like the teacher, for a second was actually alarmed. It's like, "Well, oh, oh." He's like, "Well, that was really poorly worded." But like, actually, if reading into it, if you haven't heard about this whole Super League thing. They, they, they are kind of nukes are kind of flying. It was crazy. Per se. I'll, it was I'll crazy. get you explain. Yeah, it. so I'll I'll give my like little spark notes rundown on it, and it's very interesting because this this whole situation highlighted like obviously like Americans like soccer, Europeans and others enjoy you know LeBron James and uh, NFL baseball whatever, but there's just like fundamental differences in the sports here and the sports across the pond. But essentially, what happened is out of nowhere. So, so, okay, so there's the Premier League, there's, like, domestic leagues, and then there's the Champions League, and each league gets X amount of spots based on, like, I don't know, I guess just popularity. The max is four, Premier League, uh, like, Bundesliga, I believe, gets four or three, um, Serie A gets um, four. It's, it's between four and three, and then a couple leagues get two, and then a couple leagues just get the winners, like the, the Dutch League and whatnot. And then the winner, the, those top spots all go to the Champions League, they play midweek, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the upper echelon. If you win the Champions League, you are, like, the best team in Europe. Um, so what happened is uh, 15 teams, uh, a couple English teams, uh, but basically just, like, the blue bloods of soccer, like the top-tier uh, money teams. Uh, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Man City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea. I mean, all of the teams in that league, I'd say every, like, American who knows, like, five percent about soccer they know these teams these are like the 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 point the ones you play on fifa basically um and they said you know what? we're gonna start our own league um and essentially it's just a league where these teams are automatically in um and yeah i won't get into the specifics but basically it's just these teams said screw everyone else we're gonna start our own league because we each would get 400 million dollars if they did that so that was kind of the only reason you would do it but Essentially, it just not it made everyone else who is not in that league would just get significantly less money. And honestly, in my opinion, in a decade from now, you'd see a lot of teams just like pretty much kind of just dissolving. Uh, essentially, it would turn what the Premier League is right now, which is you have your top division, you have your second division, third. I mean, there's seven divisions total, I believe. Uh, and then it all goes down to like like amateur, semi-pro stuff. Um, in the very bottom of the leagues where, you know, obviously if you win, the top couple teams get promoted and the top bottom teams of the league above it, they get relegated, Um, which is, that's the main difference. We don't have that American sports. We have the NBA, we have the NFL. Below that, there's feeder systems, i.e. college or like AAA, AA, single A, um, but those are strictly feeders for the pros. And uh, soccer doesn't have that. Soccer doesn't have that. They just have multiple leagues with multiple teams in each league. Um, and then essentially this, creating this Super League would have made it so there's no relegation. Uh, it would just be we have these X amount of teams and they just play each other and someone wins every year and the losers uh, the losers just lose. That's it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. I, I, I highly encourage all of you to read up on it if you don't know. Um, I mean, I did a very, uh, very, very surface level um, go at it. But, yeah, I mean, it was just very interesting to see. I mean, this 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 would have, like, ruined soccer, in my opinion, and pretty much in every fan's opinions that it wasn't going to get a cut of a $400 million check from this new league. This would have ruined soccer as we know it. It was crazy. I mean, people were literally like, you, you, you will never see, like, I mean, European soccer fans, like, they more or less hate each other to some degree. Right. I mean, it is very it is very crazy. I mean, you look at some of these these fans, these games, it is crazy. And they were, every single fan of every single team was united. I mean, I know a lot of people who are fans of, like, Man United or something like that. And they're like, if this happens, like, I will not root for them anymore. I will choose another team, and I will pick them, and I will root for someone else. Because this is, like, it, it is strictly a money grab um, but yeah, it was just very interesting. It was it, pretty crazy. It kind of put the players and coaches in a really awkward situation, yeah. too. Because I'm pretty sure UEFA came out and they're like, okay, these teams are banned from the World Cup play. They can't yeah, do Yeah, they the were going to ban from a lot of stuff. And so yeah. like, there's a lot of these players who are like, hey, well, 
what the hell? I didn't have any say in this. I think I was reading there's like one, one coach found out like an hour beforehand yeah. that the team is going to do it. So uh, that was that was interesting. Now, do you see any? Because uh, I know a lot. Some of these guys are on the board of directors too for mm-hmm. UEFA, uh, and now that UEFA, like a lot of them are kind of dropping out now. Do you see any pushback from them, or do you think they just come back business as usual? Because I feel like it's kind of um, awkward to be like, actually, yes, we are no longer ditching you guys after <laughs> yeah, you came in with your yeah. middle fingers up in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I think UEFA. Well. This kind of goes to the other hard part is like, obviously, Super League bad. Total greed. That's all it's about. That is literally it. It is, it is saying, screw all the other clubs. We're going to do this to, to get a bunch of money. And obviously, like, yes, that is bad. So everyone takes UEFA's side. But UEFA, I mean, they're right. no angels. Right. Like, we do, like, like, the cha- like, I mean, Bayern Munich is going to win the, cha- the, the Bundesliga for like the ninth time in a row. I mean, it's like, it's like, there's already a lot of like, disparity in football uh or soccer and the what the super league would have said like well what if we just got rid of all the other teams so we don't even have to compare the Bayern Munichs of the world to you know Borussia Mönchengladbach right. and the, the the Wolfsburgs of the world just get rid of those guys have the Bayern Munichs and the PSGs and the Real Madrid just play each other all the time um and uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it was interesting. A lot. Of, I mean, because and then and then. Well, the other thing is FIFA. I mean, FIFA has a horrendous track record of corruption and human rights violations, even in this Qatar World Cup in 2022. Or yeah, 2022. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's 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 no good guys. There's no good guys. But the but uh, I will say in UEFA's defense, they did um, they expanded the Champions League. Um, and, uh, yeah, they expanded the Champions League. They've made a lot of, bunch of changes for the upcoming season, so it's going to look a lot different. But for the American metaphor, I guess you could say, because a lot of people are like, wait, what? Like, why would I? Because a lot of Americans are like, well, they should just do this. I want to see the Liverpools play the Barcelonas week in, week out. That would be very exciting. That was me. Which, yeah. yeah. And which, like, on very surface level, yes, that would be exciting. But there's a bunch of issues where what do these teams do to qualify for this league that has just been started? Well, they have a bunch of money. That's just that's that's literally it. That's yeah. quite literally it. They have a bunch of money. They have a huge fan base. Not uh, Obviously, a lot of these teams are very good. But you have Arsenal and Tottenham who are in the bottom bottom like middle bottom half of the the prem i mean it's not like inter and uh um ac milan have been like these world beaters recently um but it's also like imagine if you had march madness right and the top the 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 blue bloods the you the the north carolinas the dukes the michigan states you know all these top tier teams say you know what we're just going to create our own bracket that we are automatically in every year and we'll leave like five spots for some other teams, uh, but we're just going to have our own tournament, and everyone's going to watch us, and we'll make a bunch of money, because it is. It's the UNC versus the Duke, you know, week right. in, week out. Um, and then there's all these other teams that are like, well, what about us? And they said, ah, well, screw you guys. Sorry, you can have your own tournament still. Yeah, you can totally do that. I mean, no one will watch it, and you won't make any money, and it won't be... Uh... But yeah, so that would ruin all the upsets. It ruin... Because theoretically in soccer, a, a second league division or team right now could theoretically be promoted to the Premier League next year and theoretically finish top four next year, theoretically go to the Champions League. Like, anyone can win it. Obviously, very unlikely, but it could happen because that's the beauty of it. And, uh, yeah, it was just very crazy. It, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you'll ever see anything like that in sports. Yeah, like, it was a bizarre <laughs> cash grab. How quickly it escalated. And then I'll quit, yeah, like, yeah. one minute they have the news, like, out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. It was out. Was- yeah, that's the other thing, too. There were, there have been rumors of this for a long time, but there never seemed to be any truth to those rumors. I mean, it hadn't happened. Uh, and a lot of the guys who started this were very, you know, uh, insidious, or I don't, know, I don't know what the word is about it, but uh, they, they were like, oh, this is not going to happen. It's just a bunch of rumors. We're not actually going to do it. And then, boom! On a Sunday afternoon, yes, we are actually going to do it. And uh, sorry to everyone else. But yeah, it was crazy. I mean, barring, I mean, like, the MLBs had, like, rule changes, like, seven-inning games. That was kind of just for, like, you know, the one season. Right. But, like, I mean, honestly, I I, I don't even, 
That, that was the hard part. As an American sports fan, I obviously am very in tune with soccer, but as an American sports fan, it is extremely difficult to understand, like, the the reasoning behind it all. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was crazy, though. It was crazy. Cash is king. So, and I, I know you kind of touched on it here. So, like, what if it did go through, realistically, all these lower-level teams, what happening to them? How would, like, cause I know, like, a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, it'd just be, be the end of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, imagine the Champions League, for instance, and and also, so Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, PSG, a couple other teams, they were invited and were expected to join, and they didn't. So Bayern and PSG are actually uh, the two teams that were very, and, and Dortmund were very um, anti-Super League, because they got the invite and they said, no, we're not going to do it. Um, but, I mean, imagine the Champions League in its current state right now, but right. with none of these teams in the Super League. Yeah, I mean the best team would be, like, like West Ham. Probably wouldn't help the ratings. Exactly, yeah, yeah. that would die off, and that's the money machine right there. That's how a lot of teams get this cheddar. Is uh, you know the West Ham's of the world? They they will be in the Champions League. Will they get bounced in the group stage? Probably, but they'll have a couple games against Liverpool or against you know Real Madrid or something like that in the group stage. That'll be uh, you know high views, a lot right. of money for that team. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the other, another like very interesting uh, thing about uh, uh, European football is that like it is very pro working class. And I know one of the, uh, Bayern Munich actually had like a big um, uh, like uproar, and they were extremely pissed off because um, I believe it was Arsenal raised ticket prices for a game. And if you look at the ticket prices. Where what it usually is, it is like extremely affordable. Like right. literally anyone could go. I could go right now. It's like a college student that doesn't have a lot of money. And then they raised it to like what you would have. I mean, Americans were like, yeah, I mean, if this is a Champions League game, this is what, yeah. a playoff game, of course it'd be expensive to go. But European soccer fans is like, well, that's like, that's cutting out so many people who are like the true fans of this team. Right. And they would not be able to go then, especially crossing. You know, going going from country to country, that already costs a decent amount of money. And then, uh, you know, th- these tickets. Um, but, yeah, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, if Cubs fans were like, oh, this is a playoff game, this should be, like, you know, 50 bucks a ticket. Right. They'd be like, absolutely not. Like, this, like of course not. But in Europe, that is, like, the expectation. Anything ab- above that is, like, is like a cash yeah. grab, like a green yeah. cash grab, which is crazy to me. I'm like, that's that's just how it is here. But, I mean, that's just, like, another another fundamental difference. Okay, you know what? Good for the fans. They yeah, finally, yeah. They finally. I wish it was one. like that. I mean, I wish I could go to. I mean, going to a playoff game, you guys, you just gotta have a, a decent amount of money. That is true. Uh, or, yeah. Let's talk. All right, we'll talk a little NFL draft here. So in the opening round, I was saying, number one, do not be surprised that the Bears trade up for a quarterback because I think they tend to do that. And I think when your job's on the line, then uh, you don't really care about the consequences in the future, so you're willing to mortgage the future. Because I don't think they're gonna rest their uh, their job in the hands of Andy Dalton. Yeah. I think Ryan Pace, he's not smart, but I don't think he's that stupid. So I wouldn't be surprised if they trade up. Now, with you guys, you have Drew Locke. We don't know if you're going to stick with them yet. There's a couple quarterbacks. We have our mock draft coming up in a little bit. I'm just interested to hear what you think. What do you think Denver is going to do with the ninth spot? I the ninth yep. spot. Yeah. Um... It's been interesting. I think that the Falcons, Dolphins, I believe even the Lions recently have. There's been rumors that they're 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 taking calls um, for their their first overall draft pick because um, I know a lot of teams are in that QB market looking to trade up. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think I'd be very very surprised if the Broncos pick with the nine spot. I think they're going to trade. I think they're going to trade up to four because um, I think Atlanta. Uh, is going to roll with Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. I don't think they're in too much of a hurry to replace him. Uh, I think they still. They, I feel like, I, I, from what I gather, I think they can still. They they feel as if they can get some decent play out of him, and they yeah. restructured his contract recently. They're paying him too much to draft yeah. another quarterback. Yeah, I think their only their only option would be Trey Lance and have him sit. And then even then, though, so like Trey Lance is sitting behind Matt Ryan. Yeah. 
But then you get like the preseason games, and he looks really good in the preseason. And yeah. then Atlanta loses three games in a row like they always do, and everyone's going to be wanting Trey Lance. And yeah. Trey Lance is going to get pushed in there way too early, and I think that would just be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, I do know the GM wants to draft a quarterback, but I, I think with Trey Lance going to Atlanta, I just wouldn't work out for him because he truly does, and I think he has one of the higher ceilings in this draft. Yeah. He needs a full year to sit just because he hasn't played enough games in North Dakota, and like usually yeah, it's just not that high level of football. Right. He's, in, he, he's State, had the yeah. fewest amount of snaps, so he truly needs to sit a year, kind of like what Patrick Mahomes did. And I don't, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think he'd get shoveled in there a little quickly. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're gonna trade up. Uh, I, I really do. I, I really like. I'm telling you right now, our defense is gonna be like really good with Vic Fangio, our secondary. Um, we got our two starting safeties back. Um, I, the, the defense is gonna be really good. We're getting Cortland Sun back. It li- like literally, this team is playoff ready. And if Justin Fields is taking snaps next year, I am, I would be extremely pleased. But I understand it can be a gamble. I understand that rookie quarterbacks don't always pan out, and I understand that George Payton has been very, you know, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of GMs are like, you know, we don't want to dump all our picks into a quarterback just because we need a quarterback. I think they're going to trade up for Justin Fields. I think if they are unable to do that, they will trade back and get a bunch of assets for uh future future years um but yeah i mean i think i think the nice thing about the broncos is that we are like the th- there's a lot of quarterback needy teams right. patriots uh washington football team kind of the bears a couple others but the broncos have the highest draft yeah. pick uh we have the nine overall uh so that's like a lot of leverage so that uh, i mean that the, the nine spot is where those those jalen uh waddles those uh you know players like that i think i think the falcons though if they're smart, I think they're taking um, Kyle Pitts. I, think I would think move. so. That would be smart. I mean, he. I feel like I feel like he is obviously like this draft has been about quarterbacks. It's always going to be about quarterbacks. There's a lot of intriguing options in this draft, but Kyle Pitts is like a freak, dude. That man is insane. He's going like, to be so good in the NFL. He's I wouldn't be, so be surprised good. if Miami took him either. And everyone's like, well, they have enough tight ends. It's like, but the thing with Kyle Pitts is you could put him as a receiver right yeah, now. Yeah. And he would be just fine. Yeah, you have exactly. the biggest wide receiver out there. I don't know that Gesicki guy or whatever. I mean, it's not like Yeah, he's it's like, no offense to Mike Gesicki. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, which, I mean, you could always have the two tight ends there, which would be, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Atlanta should probably take <laughs> Kyle Pitts. I honestly thought the Giants, I mean, I've already said this enough, but the Jets should have kept, took him at two instead of Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, just, huh? Justin Fields or Zach? Wait, what? That, well, the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson at. Oh, two. but you're saying they should? They should have yeah. taken Kyle Pitt. They should have taken Kyle Pitts and kept Sam Darnold. That's what I would have done because I think in Zach Wilson, you're getting what you had with Sam Darnold, a guy that's athletic, been, a big arm, but turns the ball over a lot, and he's a little bit smaller than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, I think came it out would, of college if, if I would, if you were going to go that route, I would trade the two pick for like a like a, like the six. Yeah, you could do like that, that too. Yeah, yeah, I would be, be fine be if they did. Um, no, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't know. It, you know what's very interesting to me is like the Broncos. Obviously, like one and two, the top two quarterbacks are gonna be gone, and it's Trevor Lawrence and uh, I, I guess Zach Wilson's kind of like the assumed. Mac Jones will probably be um, gone too. He's going to 49ers at three. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I'm like I, I would rat like as a Broncos fan, I want Justin Fields. Like I, 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 I know I'm be, not gonna yeah. get Trevor Lawrence, and if I had if I had the next QB up. Like I would take, I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good Trey Lance or Justin Fields would be the two I would want. I agree. I, it, yeah. And a lot of it is the situation you go to, but like outside of San Francisco, Denver is not a bad spot for a rookie quarterback to go to, just because you have all the weapons there with Melvin Gordon. You got the wide receivers. You can know a fan. Yeah. Um, so I that would not be a terrible situation. That'd yeah. It'd be a good. Yeah. Fit. And I think I, I I hope I think Trey Lance has the best ceiling. Well, well, besides uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be like the Pat Mahomes type thing where he's going to need that Andy Reid. Perfect Andy. spot for him. I guess I, this is where I have him going. It's a teaser for everyone else. But I, I think New England would be a great uh, great fit for Trey Lance. Behind Cam Newton for a year. I mean, I don't think they're going to get him, though. I think they might trade up. We'll see. I, it'd be tough. See, the hard part about that, though, is like, is like in this draft, though, there's not like, what do they have, like the 22nd pick or something like that? They no, they're like, t- I, I think they'll trade up. I, I don't know if they'll it. have the fire. I, see, that's the hard part. Is they, the, the, the nice thing about the Broncos is that, like, you know, we have the same things to offer as any other team in the NFL right now, except we have a higher draft pick. And where those, you know, the, the Penny Sewells of the world that tackle from Northwestern. Honestly, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking an offensive line. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, you know, I, I agree with you that Ryan Pace would be inclined to do this because he might not be here soon. Um, but I even think like, like if they got a the a Justin Herbert for like the Chargers got a great quarterback, but the team wasn't ready for a great quarterback. I mean, they, they, they didn't, they didn't yeah. do very well. And I think that um, if if I'm the Bears, I just sit where I am, take some offensive line help. Build that up, and so that you're in a position, so that in the future years you can get a quarterback. I yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I do not disagree with that. All right, finally, before I let you go, uh, your Chicago Cubs. Oh yeah, we were trashing them. I was critical of them a couple weeks ago, saying it's time to blow it up, and all of a sudden they're winning some games. You have confidence in your Cubs, or is it a mirage? Two two good ones against the Mets here. I mean, like it's so hard because like this off season, like. Like you know, you know, like the White Sox, for instance, right? You're like, all right, we we are now we are now good, and I expect us to do very well. Yep. And I my expectations are high, and and you know if they if they you know if they have a low playoff seed, like that is below expectations. You expect them to do well. And then if you're you know the Detroit Tigers, it's like I have no expectations. Let's get our farm system guys playing, and let's get a good draft pick so that we can build for the future. The Cubs, it's like I don't know. I don't know what I should expect out of this team. The pitching is a patchwork group of guys who's been greatly overperforming my expectations. So kudos to them. The bats are the same guys that we've been working with, plus Jock Peterson for Kyle Schwarber and like the Eric Sogards of the world who are like, oh, you know, splash a little bit of cash for a couple guys. And and they've been fine. You know, the Mariznick. But like like I don't even know. I have, I have no idea what I want to happen. I, I, I thought. I mean, I will say that the start was like a historically bad start, and I think that you know when your hitting coach has COVID and your first base coach has COVID, and it's just been a tough year last year. I think like obviously I don't expect him to play that crappy, but uh, at the same time, it's like I'm not gonna freak out over the first ten games of the season. Um, I mean. I don't know. I just want them to do well. I, I, I truly, you know, I truly think that they, the Cubs could make the playoffs this year. I mean, our division's not okay, that it's great. It's not that great of a division. And, like, if Javi Baez, I mean, Chris Bryant has been playing well. So is Wilson Contreras. If Javi Baez can figure it out, stop hitting 206, and if we can get some more input from a couple other guys, like, I think they'd be fine. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. First round exit is my ceiling. Maybe, and maybe they make win the a playoff season. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, win, win the wild card series, you know. But uh, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of at the point where like I just like want us to like compete. And I know next year, like it's gonna be a lot less talent, but I just want them to compete. I want Chicago. I want the north side of Chicago to still be like an attractive destination for. I mean, obviously, we're not gonna get like these top tier free agents because they're broke. Um, but, uh, you know, we already got to figure out these extensions. But, like, I want them to compete so that they're not this, like, dumpster fire of, like, an embarrassing franchise. And so that, like, in the future, players will still want to go there. But sure. uh, I guess, you know, I can look forward to cheaper ticket prices in the future. So that is always, uh, that's, that's always the one side. of a rebuild. You get the $8, <laughs> the $8 seats. Yeah, so, exactly. So. Um, but, yeah, no. I, uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with the Cubs right now. I think they played they played really well yesterday. They played really well yesterday. Um, but I mean, it's it's too bad. My final thing, the pitching. The pitching's been good. It was always like, oh, this bullpen makes me want to vomit. But now, like, we got these like literal like randos in this in this bullpen and a bunch of young guys, and they've been playing pretty well. They've been performing, you know, above expectation. So uh, kudos to the Cubs pitching pitching coaching because I think that's been uh, pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, David Ross still. I'm still pro David Ross. I don't think he's done anything to dissuade me because I think that the hitting woes are not his fault. Yeah, there's been so much you can do. There's been, they've been going on since like the end of Madden. So, but uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, Marshall, thank you for joining us. We'll probably see you in another three weeks. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) Hey, I'll do. If the Broncos draft Justin Fields, I'll be coming on here making, uh, you know, making future predictions that will be. Feel bad that we have Andy. All right, we're going fourteen and two, baby. (laughs) Um, But if we if the Broncos draft Mac Jones, I'm driving my car off the Peoria Bridge.
I, I will be very unhappy if I that don't think happens. you have to worry about that. I'm, that 49ers are going to take him with three. Yeah, I'm, I hope I'm so. Oh, man, if that happens. Oh, if we get Justin Literally. Fields. Oh, my goodness. Well, the problem is, you're lucky John Elway's not picking quarterbacks anymore. He's a little yeah. too short for uh, the Elway's. He's He's not also not fully white, so I don't know if John Elway would uh, be too yeah, on board with true. that. He's no Brock Osweiler, but, uh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> That's all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. It's been real. Have a wonderful rest of your week. All right, so it is the moment you have all been waiting for. We've been teasing it for a couple weeks now, but it's time for me and Patrick Cushman's mock draft. We will be going every other pick. Uh, since it's my show, I'll be taking the first pick. Uh, he'll be going second. Well, uh, what, this is what we think is going to happen. Maybe a couple trades thrown in there. We'll explain to you why. But, uh, yeah, uh, we will see how it goes. So... Starting off with the first pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. I think this is a no-brainer, obviously. This is the easiest one of the draft. Trevor Lawrence, he's already been donating to Jacksonville Charities, apparently uh, best player in the draft. It's really, you don't have to overthink the room. He's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I am 100% confident, will be going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you got for the Jets at number two? Um, And Mitchell, you know, this is almost as cut and dry as the first one. Zach Wilson um, been climbing up draft boards all offseason. Pretty much seen as now the undisputed number two. Um, in the trading Sam Darnold, the Jets have opened up for a quarterback, and it will be uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. Yep, I agree with you there. I don't think it is the correct pick, but uh, I think it is the one they are going to make. Number three, and this one's been picking up a lot of steam, especially recently. Uh, if you listen to a lot of these morning shows, they're talking about like, uh, a lot of the rumors and the leaks coming out of San Francisco. It's going to be Mac Jones, number three uh, from Alabama, going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they want to win now, I guess. And I think this pick only works if you get rid of Garoppolo before the season. But by all indications, uh, they're saying Mac Jones, he, he's a good pocket passer. He's going to have a lot of weapons there. He's going into the best situation with San Francisco. But... Uh, they were, they're really high on him. Uh, Shanahan thinks he can win with them, so they will be taking Mac Jones at number three. Well, I'm so surprised that you're um, having him over Justin Fields. Yeah, and I, I think Justin Fields is the better player, uh, and I think he's a proven winner too. But like from what I think that they're going to do, I just I don't see him. I think Shanahan like because like. The, the 49ers don't leak anything. Like, John Lynch, when he was hired, that was like he had a big talk with everyone. We're like, we're not leaking everything. And then all of a sudden, all these leaks are coming that they want Mac Jones at three. There's a reason they traded up. They're clearly trying to draft a quarterback and move off of Garoppolo. And I think uh, they like they like Mac Jones the best. That's what's being leaked. So I think that's where he's going at three. That one, I'm very confident. Like, the top three, I think, are very, like, there would not be any surprises there. I think it's going to be exactly like what we said. I think we're, the top three, we had. Is the easiest to predict in this draft. All right, who do you got? Number four. Number four for the Atlanta Falcons. And now I am still going back and forth on this one. Um, and I'm going to share with you, I think they're going to draft Tanae Sewell from Oregon, um, the offensive lineman, offensive tackle. And that's 6'6", 330. He is physically one of the best players in this draft. Um, but I think they should be drafting Kyle Pitts. But... My pick for the Atlanta Falcons is Nate Sewell. Really? Okay. So that kind of threw me off there. I, I can see why they would do it. I think because I know the GM wants to draft a quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was Trey Lance there at four. I would also not be surprised if they went Kyle Pitch just because I think he's the best overall player in this draft. But you're going offensive line help. Uh, I don't hate it. I, for the record, I don't think they should draft a quarterback. I think they're paying Matt Ryan a lot of money. You can win a lot of games with Matt Ryan. You surround him with some more pieces. You're going to win some games. Um, but I would have had him going quarterback, so that is interesting. All right, so then number number five, then uh, we have the Bengals, and you just had them taking Sewell. So I'll, I will have them taking, because I think they're going to take a, uh, a lineman as well. Uh, we will have them take, let's see. All right, they're going Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, I think. Um I think he's probably one of the better offensive linemen in this draft. He's probably the second best offensive lineman behind Sewell. I think you would see him take Jamar Chase 
Because um, I think they just to get another outside weapon, but because Burrow got hurt, they're like, we need to protect our investment, and it was kind of scary last year when it did happen. So they don't want that happening again. They're protecting Joe Burrow, so I will have them taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Plus Ohio State, you know, Big Ten. Uh, it's a lot of people in Ohio. They, they've seen a pl- plenty of Rashawn Slater. I think that was a good. I, I think that'd be a good pick for them, and uh, it would go over well in uh, Bangleland. So now we got number number six, Miami Dolphins. Who do you have them taking? Um, and you mentioned his name. It's Jamar Chase from LSU. Um, the number one, almost pretty much undisputed wide receiver in the class um, from LSU. He opted out last year. Um, but yeah, I think they had another weapon for Tua. Um, I think they need someone to compliment Devontae Parker, and I think Jamar Chase fits that profile very well. So, Jamar Chase from LSU to Miami at six. I think I would have had him taking Kyle Pitts there. Or Yeah, so we have Kyle Pitts falling. That's going to make it easy then for me. At number seven, Detroit Lions. Uh, I think I was I was going to have them probably take – I think they needed an offensive lineman too. I would have – but since Sewell and Slater are off the board – uh, they want to give Jared Goff some help. And the only reason I had them taking a lineman is because they usually, you know, Jared Goff plays better when he has a clean pocket. But if Kyle Pitts is falling all the way down to seven, we will have the Detroit Lions taking him. Because I think Kyle Pitts, you're Another getting the best. Another tight end, wow. Well, I think you're getting the best player in this draft, and I honestly think that with Pitts, you could move him to a receiver if you really wanted to. I think he's that talented. I think... That would make that would make the most the most sense for them, especially if he's falling that that far. So, who do you have number eight, Carolina Panthers? Um, I will have them take um, Patrick Sertain, um, cornerback from Alabama. Um, a lot of people have number two um, for him on their draft boards, but for me, he is the number one cornerback for me, um, and I have him. Uh, I have him going to Carolina. All right, I like that. And I think, and that's the first defensive player I think that's been drafted. And that Carolina was... doesn't. I mean, I don't think they draft a quarterback. Um, I, I think would... you give Darnold a year, and then I mean you have Teddy Bridgewater, Darnold, and then a rookie. I think that's just too crowded. Um, you'd be reaching for an offensive tackle at this point, um, and so I think that they go cornerback, they go defense. Um, and I think it's Patrick Sertain. I think that's one of the better pick. He, he is probably one of the better guys in this draft, Patrick Sertain. He, he's he's really aggressive against the run, so you'd be getting a very good player there, and it would help out that defense. I think I probably would have had them taking Devonta Smith, uh, just another weapon for Darnold. But I do like that pick for Carolina. It all depends what Matt Rule, I think, wants to do. So number nine, Denver Broncos. Um, you know, knowing, how, knowing the defense a head coach, I probably have them leaning defense, but I know they're not that... Drew Locke, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think on offense, you don't need to really draft anyone offensively. I think they're pretty set almost in every position group. Uh, Running back Melvin Gordon, they got a really solid uh, um, wide receiver core over there. Uh, And even Noah Fan at tight end, I I like him a lot. So I I think they maybe take a backup quarterback here. If it was John Elway drafting, I don't think they'd do this because he's too short. But I'm going to have the Denver Broncos. They're going to take Justin Fields to back up Drew Locke. Uh, to start the season, once Drew Locke starts the year uh, <laughs> one and four or whatever, then we'll probably be seeing uh, Justin Fields suit up. I'm taking the Denver Broncos taking Justin Fields at number nine. So that would take. That would, oh, how good! So then we get to pick number ten with the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Now, as we know, their defense was horrible last year, especially their secondary. Um, they're giving up like 40 points a game for the first like eight games. So they're going to shore that up, and they're going to draft Caleb Farley, um, a cornerback from Virginia Tech. Um, and while he's, I have him number two on cornerback, I think a lot of people would consider that a steal. And I think at this point, you can almost switch the Tertain pick and the Farley pick. Um, I really think they're they're one two, and they're really close. Um, but for the sake of this draft, it's Caleb Farley. Number eleven, New York Giants. Um, I, I think this is a do-or-die season for Daniel Jones. Um, so I think they're going to get him a playmaker on the outside. They already added Kenny Galladay. So what's a good pick to compliment Kenny Galladay? Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. He's a big, deep threat. He's a playmaker. He can also return punts. Um, so I like... Uh, 
Uh, I, I like Jalen Waddle from Alabama going to the New York Giants at 11. So that'll bring the Eagles at number uh, uh, 12 after they traded up. Um, well, you have got me. Um, I yeah, I had Jalen Waddle lined up. I did not think. Um, I, I yeah, no, I was expecting Jalen Waddle, but the Giants do need a wide receiver. Um, has Devontae Smith been drafted yet? He is not. Uh, uh, yes. Um, I, the Eagles desperately need a wide receiver. Um, I think that Jalen Waddle and De- I think Devontae Smith is so good. He's been kind of falling um, to kind of the number three receiver, which is a little unheard of for someone you know who won the Heisman Trophy. Um, and so I think they use it on the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, um, Devontae Smith at number 12. All right, 13 Los Angeles Chargers here. Um, I think they need to protect Justin Herbert uh, because they have uh, – this is another – this is kind of like the Broncos uh, where, like, they have uh, weapons outside Keenan Allen and Williams. you got your receiving core. Um, you have a – the running game has shown that the running back by committee in the past couple years, Justin Jackson, uh, Ackler, they can move the football. What do you need to do? You've got to protect Justin Herbert. So they're going to take the third best offense alignment because the first two are off the board. Uh, I see them taking uh, Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. Um, I think he was a great left tackle for the Hokies last year. Um, he's really good at pass blocking. And I believe uh, he allowed just one sack last season. So uh, I think the Chargers would be wise to take him at 13. So that will bring the Minnesota Vikings here at 14. Uh, who do you have them take? Um, I have them taking an edge rusher and Woody Pay. Um, the defense was very inexperienced last year. They weren't getting results early, um, and they, they struggled, and then they sort of picked it up by the end of the year and um, ended up, you know, not within a first starter, but I think they started the year off 1-5, and five, they were 2-6, and six. Um, and I do think that they need more edge help, um, and Cody Pay, um, 6'4", 272, would be a great edge rusher. Um, and so I think that Minnesota goes in that direction. All right, so that brings the final pick of our mock draft. We're just doing the top 15 here simply because, you know, it, get a little, it gets a little bit more difficult to the bottom of the board. So, uh, let's see. 15 for the Cowboys. Uh, I have them taking... Um, oh, no, this would be New England then, wouldn't it? Yeah. New England would be here at 15. Okay. New England at 15. Actually, okay, this one's easy for me. Um, I have them taking Trey Lance. And I think it's a perfect New England pick because you need a quarterback for the future. Uh, you have Cam Newton lined up for this year. Trey Lance is a guy that I think has a very high ceiling, but he hasn't played enough in college. So you need to, he's a guy that needs to sit and learn for a season. Cam Newton would be a perfect fill-in for the year. Trey Lance can sit, he can learn, and he's a perfect New England guy. By all accounts, he's very mature. Uh, he has a high football IQ. So I think this is exactly who, the type of player that Bill Belichick would be looking for is at quarterback, and he gets to sit a season behind Cam Newton. I think that is a perfect pick. Um, and honestly, I think you get the second-best quarterback in this draft. So I'm taking Trey Lance, number 15, to the Patriots. Um, so that, should, that uh, does it for our mock draft. Let's do it. Um, do we want to keep going down the board, or do you think, what do we what do we think here? Um, man, to go down this whole board, I mean, the thing is, is too, is we're going to have trades. Yeah. Um, too, I mean, there's going to be at least one trade. A little I dicey. Think, I think we might see the Broncos. They could move up to draft maybe their guy if they think he's coming off the board. Yeah. Um, I think you could see Atlanta trade down too, especially at four. But you know, play, people are going to want to get their quarterback. Um, a team like, like I said, Denver, um, even Chicago has been linked moving I, forward in order for them to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the Falcons just sitting there at four, I think you can get a really good player, you know, later in that, you know, those later, um, like from 10 to 15, I still think that you can get a really solid player. And you could, you're probably sitting if you're Atlanta on a really good heap of picks if you trade out. Yeah. Um, so you could see that. Too. That it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I think you are right, though. I have a sneaking suspicion the Bears are going to try and trade up, uh, maybe get a quarterback. We will see, though. But I think that's a pretty solid mock draft. Now, the one I am a little concerned about. I think if the 
Broncos don't take a quarterback and they're more in love with Drew Locke than I think. Uh, they might take Micah Parsons from Penn State. Uh, I, yeah. I think he's a top 10 caliber player in this draft, and we did not have him go into any team, I believe. Um, so, Yeah, if, it, but if you look at the needs of the teams, I think that he will. Yeah. And players like that happen all the time where they drop a little because they don't fit in the team needs. Um, and I think quarterbacks are always overdrafted. Right. Um, are there, I mean, we drafted, what, four quarterbacks yeah. within the top 15 picks. I don't think they're all worth the top 15 picks, um, especially a guy like Mac Jones. Right. Um, but it's quarterback, and that's how you win games. So. Uh, yes, I. you know what, I agree. I think that's a pretty solid, <laughs> you know what, not a terrible mock draft, though. I think it, pretty much what I thought. A couple surprises there, though. I was a little surprised, uh we we had the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins taking an old lineman instead of Kyle Pitts. I'm surprised Kyle Pitts fell as far as he did. But uh, you know what? These things are always unpredictable. I mean, even the guys that get paid the big bucks for it, uh, half the time they don't know. So that does it for our 2021 mock draft. Uh, you know, before I let you go, I gotta ask because you are a big soccer guy, and uh, we were talking about this earlier. Obviously, we had a lot of Super League drama uh, with you know. Um, the league, new league trying to be formed. I guess if they wanted it to be more like an American style setup, uh, and it could, if, if it went through, which it doesn't look like it is, because I think a lot of Premier League teams are dropping out, it would have big uh, consequences in the soccer world. What were your thoughts um, about the, the way the whole thing developed? Were you a fan of the league? Not a fan? Uh, the floor is yours. What did you think of the Super League? Um, yeah, I was very much against it. Um... You know, kind of just another money grab um, for these like investors, um, especially American investors, but you know, billionaire investors around the world. Um, and you know, the thing is, is you know, soccer or football is you know a game built up by the world by the working class and a game trying to be ruined by the rich. And um, I agree with that so much. Um, they're trying to almost like franchise these, you know, bigger clubs. Um, and, you know, you have to hold these clubs accountable. The greatest thing is about the Premier League is that you're always fighting for something. If you're not fighting the title, you're, both, you're, you're fighting for top four. Or if you're, you know, below that table in the bottom half, you're fighting against relegation. Um, and by the Super League, it eliminates that with these big clubs. Um, and it kind of doesn't hold them accountable um but it's a quick get money quick scheme um and so i was not a fan of it um disappointed that you know my 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 club liverpool football club um were initial um initially going to be in it and initial um supporters of it and we're going to be in it the fans were disappointed the backlash was so much that two days later every Premier League team has um dropped out um and so that's good but if you look at the Premier League, almost all the top six teams are either owned by an American or run by an American. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of American influence within this game, and we haven't seen a lot of um, the ultra-bad um, until now. Um, and it's shown its you know, its dark side, and that was it. But the fans, they said no to it. They hated it. It was unbelievably bad. And so now we're out, and that's good, and that was really good to show that fans still have a say in their own club. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. Now, it's interesting, because I know a lot of the players and coaches didn't know about it. I forget what coach it was. Uh, one of the teams I was in, he's like, yeah, I found out an hour beforehand. Um, and UEFA came down, you know, pretty hard backlash for the teams that were in it, saying they wouldn't be able to participate in the World Cup. Um, uh, the um, well, Champions League, I believe. Now, since a lot of the guys that created the league are also on the board of directors, do you see um, any punishments still or backlash for the, the premier, especially like the premier teams that dropped out uh, of the Super League? Do you see any potential like pushback or punishment for them, or uh, business as usual after this, after this setback? Um, it's definitely awkward, but I I find it really hard that you can punish these clubs, um, for, especially after pulling out. I mean. These clubs, let's be honest, do kind of elevate the Premier League financially, and uh, you know every all the big clubs around the world elevate their leagues to an extent. 
So I don't think the punishment will be too much, um, especially because the teams weren't leaving the Premier League. Um, and the fact that they pulled out, I think it sort of makes amends, but, you know, it might be a, a little awkward around the office the next few days. All right. Uh, before I let you go, one last thing. What, 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 our NASCAR update for the week. Uh, got any good races coming up? What happened last week? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our weekly Patrick Cushman NASCAR update. Yeah, well, you know, um, Richmond was a very good race. Unfortunately, I was only able to watch the last 15 laps um, due to I had some family stuff. But uh, um, I said Denny Hamlin might be able to win or, um, you know, one of the Penske drivers. It ended up being Alex Bowman in number 48, Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet Camaro. Um, but Denny Hamlin finished second. Um, the bridesmaid once again. Um, so he's racking up all these points, but he still can't get a win. I feel feel for him. And then Joey finished third. Um, that he might, uh, Third or fourth. Um, so that was pretty high. Um, and your boy Bubba Wallace finished three laps down, so... I love to rub it in on Yeah, uh-huh. I, he's not making, I mean, mind you, when I made that prediction that he would win one race this year, I, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of NASCAR, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to regret that. I might want to, <laughs> I might want to change that pick, because, has he even come close at all this year? It sounds like he's always floundering. Uh, he's, he hasn't finished uh, P15 or higher yet. He, has, he doesn't have any. He finished 16 with his best finish. Yeah, I mean, I should have taken your advice when you told me. He's like, he's not that good of a driver. <laughs> but, uh, right. you know, what are you going to do? I, you know, I do like Denny Hamlin, though. Uh, hopefully he can pull one out. I, I um, he, He's one of my, my favorites uh, among the group, too. So, yeah. I mean, and he's on the TV for the Domino's commercial. Yeah, exactly. Let's not delay. Like. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> well... That'll do it. Thank you so much for joining us, Patrick. Well, let me okay. give me one more thing. Oh, yeah. Lock up EDP. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you keep up with EDP anymore, but lock him up. I'm off the EDP train for good. So, What'd he do now? Uh-oh. Oh, you didn't hear this at I all. I did not hear oh. this. This is new. Well, okay, so for those of you who don't know who EDP is, Patrick, I'll let you you uh, explain. I know there's... um. Back in high school, I guess, is a side thing. Patrick, and you were kind of on the bandwagon before everyone else was. He found this guy, uh, EDP445, and he just made, like, a bunch of Eagles uh, rants and stuff. And, you know, he was, like, a ridiculous bandwagon fan. He'd say, like, all, all this over-the-top stuff, uh, you know, be, be a cussing up a storm. It would be pretty entertaining. And he got, like, half the school hooked <laughs> listening to this guy. I'm pretty sure half of his yeah, ratings were because of with... Patrick. Um, I... He, uh, I found him when he was at 10,000 subscribers, um, and I remember the title. I don't know. You know, I don't think I can say it. but You can say it. it. Go for it. It's a podcast. the Chip Kelly era, and the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, and it was like, and it was Eagles lose 42 to 20. Zebra dick shoved up our ass. And, like, that was the title of the video. And, and he's just, like, ranting on and on about the Eagles, and that's how the videos were. Um, and I found him with 10,000 subscribers, and he ended up getting, like, to 2.5 million, so 2.5 million subscribers. So he's pretty big, a pretty big YouTuber, um, and a very big jersey collector. I'm in a jersey-collecting Facebook group with him. Um, but lately, a lot of his videos in the past year have been, like, less on sports and more about, like, politics, and, like, he's gotten an obsession with guns. And so I unsubscribed just because the content has been becoming, like, weirder and weirder. Um, but anyways, they set up, you know, people do those sting operations. Yeah. catch, like, pedophiles and stuff. Yeah. Well, well, there were some messages that leaked earlier. And he's like, yeah, I know they were, like, baiting me. Like, I was just, like, going along with that as a joke. But anyways, oh, they finally caught him trying to meet up with a 13-year-old. Um in like a Walmart parking lot or something. Um, and yeah, so EDP apparently was a pedophile the entire time. Um, <laughs> which is, yeah. And so, and he's, his personality has really changed. You know, it went from like all sports content where all he did was wear, he, I mean, this guy would wear all Eagles jerseys, um, Eagles hat. He'd even wear those like sweatbands that you put on like your wrists and stuff like every day. Like it could be like June 13th which, you know, no football is happening. 
and this guy would be decked out and everything Eagles. Um, and you know, the content like kind of went away from that. Um, and so, yeah, he's uh, apparently a pedophile. So rip EDP. Um, yeah. You should watch the video. They recorded it, it all too when they found him. You should really? uh, watch it. Later. You know, I might have yeah, to look. So it's about 10 minutes. So it's not too long. And yeah. Well, yeah, it was a hell of a run. I wish I could say I was surprised that uh, he turned out to be a pedophile, but like if you watched him, like, there was clearly a screw loose there. Uh, so well, it was always a fifty-fifty chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there we have it. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else? Is there any other newsworthy stuff you want to touch on before we let you go? Um. No, I really uh, don't think there is. Um, yeah, nothing really else. Uh, oh, well, um, F1's underway, too, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so if you want to wake up at 5 a.m. and watch you know, F1 racing in Europe on ESPN, you should do that. They, yeah, I mean, I, I woke up pretty early the other day to watch that White Sox game. That was a mistake. They played at 10 a.m. Oh, that was yeah, kind of weird. The Boston. The uh, Lucas Giolito. Like the Patriot game or whatever. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you know what pissed me off about that game? This is a side change. I wasn't even planning on bringing this up, but I'm interested to hear what your opinion is. So they were only, like, it's a White Sox team that came in, like, with high hopes offensively, right? They're supposed to have this big, explosive offense. So Lucas Giglio, he gets shelled in the first inning. They're down 7-1. to one. Uh, And, like, you know, the White Sox credit for being down that much, they, they still try to, like, hang in there and, like, put up some runs. And by the seventh inning, it was, uh, or, yeah, seventh inning, the score was 10-4. Uh, to four. So obviously not ideal, but you're only down six runs, and you have six outs to play with. With that offense, we have the former MVP, and you're supposed to have a lot of depth. you got Tim Anderson, the batting champ, and it's supposed to be this high-powered offense. You're only down six runs with six outs left to play with, and I think Tony Larusa threw in the towel a little bit early. He went to the bullpen, or not even the bullpen. He put in Yerman Mercedes to pitch, kind of throwing in the towel, and then he put Danny Mendek in after that. So, like, I, in my opinion, I get it was a getaway day. The next, like, you had Cleveland coming up with divisional game, whatever. But uh, I think they kind of, like, I, I think he kind of quit on the team, to be completely honest, and gave up on a game where, like, yeah, it wasn't looking good, but you had six outs to left, and you were only down by six runs. I don't know. Am I overreacting here, or do you think there's some merit to this? Yeah, I think you are a bit overreacting. Like you said, they were down six runs. Um and this bullpen's kind of been packed really early in the season, especially with um, injuries with Lance Lynn and stuff like that. And you've got a big series coming up. You're down by six runs. It's a long season. Um, it's just not happening, you know. Um, and it didn't. Um, and so that's, you know, you just kind of have to throw in the towel sometimes. And, you know, who knows? Um, maybe they could have come back. Um, but most likely they weren't. And then you're just taxing a few more bullpen guys for no reason at that point. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I, I don't know if I would have put Yerman Mercedes into pitch either because I feel like he's been one of the better offensive people and why risk an injury there. But you know what? That's why they're paying him and not me. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, we'll probably, we'll, you'll be, we'll be talking to you again uh, next week. Uh, we'll see if my guy can finally pull off a win. Uh, I don't think Bubba Wallace will, but uh, hey, you never know. If it does happen, <laughs> you'll be the first person I call. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Have a uh, wonderful rest of your week.